Welcome to the Heart of Weddings podcast with your hosts, Tia and Alice, a wedding photographer and event planner in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, where we're creating a home for vendors to connect, support, and grow together. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Heart of Weddings podcast. We have me, Alice, and your host, Tia. Whoop, T.T. Today we have a very special guest. He was one of my coworkers from a past life, I want to say, and he is—he's um, awesome. He knows everything about marketing from A to Z. He's had so much experience, and he's here to really, really help us focus on like what marketing really is. Um, there's so many pieces to marketing, as you know, as small business owners, and how to tackle each one um, in the best way possible with like very um, intentionally, right? And so we have Scott Zinn. Hello. Hey, whoop, whoop, ZZ. <laughs> no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> that totally works. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Hey, Thanks we're so happy to have you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you guys and and just have a conversation online and from our comfort of our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Scott, so we we've been talking uh, for months now to do this podcast and since then lots have changed. Um and I know you started your own new position as director of marketing at Green River College and everything. How is just you know, changing jobs and how has moving from a different marketing scene to a new marketing scene been for you? Um, well, it's been pretty good. I, it, you know, I, I'm later in my career. And so I've made some moves that are more aligned with my passions and kind of my more human interest instead of following where the money goes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but um yeah, so I'm kind of in that stage of my career, and so it's been really interesting, and there's been a lot of learning going on. So, I, yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Well, tell us more about your journey. I know that you've had quite a long journey. It's been, what, 17 years since you started marketing and, like, dabbling into that? Is that right? Yeah, and, um, yeah, and so I started um, – well, I started before I even went to school. I started learning Dreamweaver and getting into web design and and whatnot. Um, and that kind of, I think that opened the world, opened my world to the visual side of uh, promotion, I guess, and what people see. Mm-hmm. And so I was really intrigued by that. And um, and even before that, as a kid, I, I think I was just very observant. And I always wondered why people did what they did which is kind of a weird thing for a kid to think about. I know, but yeah, it's surprising. You're not a psychologist now where you're just yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, I had toys. I played with, I had like three toys. So it was good. Um, but I did. Uh, yeah. And so it was interesting just being just that observance um, as a kid. And then um, later in life, kind of combining that with my um, artistic interests, I guess, then that kind of, led me into college and visual communications and whatnot. So mm-hmm. That's really I know cool. that. Yeah. He, I know that Scott, you are a very like multi-talented person, just as a human being, what are your interests? <laughs> so people get to get to know you. Yes. Multi meaning I have two or three talents total. So um, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> what I mean, I know that you said you are uh, you like you know you have lots of interests and stuff too. So I know that just from as a friend, I know that you love certain things and you love to do certain things. So let's just have your audience 
kind of get to know you on a personal level too. Sure. Um, so I, I grew up in California and so I was a surfer and beach volleyball player. So I really didn't uh, do anything with my brain for a while. Um, <laughs> So, but no, I, I went to college down there and went to school, but I, I also played in a, a band for about 10 years in California. Nice. Um, yeah, and that was a really interesting, we'll say, experience. Um, into the world of seedy underground clubs and marketing people trying to take advantage of you and stuff. So maybe that was a, a good indicator for me early on what I didn't want to be. Um, mm -hmm and marketing. So that was, that was kind of neat. Um, yeah. And so I, I do that. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I love survivalist training and go into the woods and bring in a tarp and, and a knife and surviving and surviving. And yeah. I, I've survived so far. So it's, Good. Yeah, you need to go on one of those uh, survivor shows. Was it like Bear Grills or whatever? And oh, don't <laughs> like get I me surfed. Started. I got yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a question too. So I love that you're talking about like how you realize what you didn't want to be. Um, what is marketing, or what was marketing, and what like what do people perceive it as even now that you would say? Because since you've been it for so long. That's a great question. I think um, we, I think we hear the term marketing and we think salesy or kind of shady manipulation and advertising and whatnot. Um, and so, just thinking back when I first heard about that, I didn't go into school to go into marketing. I went into um, actually I was pre med, so this is going to be a weird segue. Oh wow! But, um, so I was studying for the MCAT and I, my friends were all going away to medical school and law school. And I remember talking to one of them when he was at school and I said, how's it going? And he said, well, I'm uh, on campus for about 12 hours a day. I haven't seen my kids in about a week. And uh, I said, so it's going well, huh? That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> so actually after those conversations, I decided that was not gonna be for me because I wanted I really wanted to do something that helped me connect with audiences and with people. And so what I decided to do was go into visual communications, which, um, and I had a very clear idea of why I wanted to go into that. I wanted to communicate important things to a lot of people to help change them for the better, which is, it's a very uh, lofty goal, I think, but that's, that's kind of the idealistic view I had going into school. And so to, to answer your question, as I went through school, um, I realized that a lot of marketing was about positioning your, yourself and um, doing the research and figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses were, what your value proposition is, and all this stuff. And the one thing I didn't hear was connecting with people through that whole experience in college. So... <clears throat> To make a long story longer, um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think what happened is when I got out of school, so I, I thought I knew what marketing was and what I was going to be doing. And I realized that as I got into different businesses, it was all about making more money for them. And, mm -hmm. and that was the focus. That was the very kind of higher level focus that the administrator or the executive team had was just let's use marketing to reach more people so we can make more money. And so 
I went through that for a lot of years in corporate America. And I, I just knew that that was not a very fulfilling thing for me personally. And so um, I may be answering like four of your questions right now. So yeah, no, that's I'll perfect. Be, I'll stop there and I'll just say, I think the perception of marketing now is is vague for a lot of people. And I think it needs mm -hmm. to be redefined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to help with yeah. that if I can. Yeah. We're excited because I think um, I know from my perspective of like small business ownership and, you know, got into owning my own business after kids and was like, I really was like, wow, I can actually do what I love. What I've always wanted to be was a wedding photographer and even a friend that I caught up with that hasn't seen me for like 10 or 11 years. He was like, I remember you talking about that. You know, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, I'm doing that now. It's great. But marketing seems so vague or it seems like you hear you see all these ads like i ran into you know like jasmine star from the in the photography world and um everybody has an opinion and an, like options of what you should do and what you shouldn't do and um how you put stuff on your website and how you price it so i feel like for small business like we just either it's like the if i don't see it it's it doesn't exist <laughs> so we're just ignore mm -hmm. that part of our business which is um, understandable, but sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a great tool. Um, and so, yeah, I love that explanation of, of everything. I think a lot of our listeners will be like, yeah, vague. It's something random. <laughs> Make money. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah um, you, oh, go ahead, Alice. Oh, Sorry. I was going to say, Scott, like you, you are going to break down all these terms for us too, because just, you know, a lot of our listeners here, including myself, we don't really know where to start with marketing. Like we've all had a range of experiences with marketing. Um, and I know your passion is to help small businesses as well. And you've started um, taking steps towards that as well in a, in a lot of different ways. And even personally for me, you've helped me a lot too. But I just want to hear like, what you feel like your definition of marketing is for a small business and like kind of like the steps. I know this is a really big and broad question, but kind of steps towards thinking um, about marketing in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, in like one or two sentences. Um, <laughs> we got all how day. Are, how are we, how are we feel we're, like? We're all inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, it's very insightful. And I, you know, honestly, I wish more small business owners would ask that question of themselves. And um, I guess I'll start with, you know, if, if a marketing professional tells you that they know everything, then they're lying and you should run. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's number one, um, because we're constantly learning and the markets are always evolving. And a marketing person is constantly having to keep up and learn new things and learn the shifts of the markets and things like that. Um, I'd say my, my definition of marketing is connecting value with the right people. I, I mean, that's really the bottom line. And so if you're connecting the value of what you're offering to the general public, you, number one, you're wasting a lot of resources and time because you're, um, it's kind of like, uh, I was going to try to think of a really cool analogy, but I'm, I can't think of one. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was thinking of Tiger King just now for some oh reason. Oh my gosh, we just that? finished anyway. that. Oh yeah, gosh. crazy. I know. Yeah. But I was thinking of throwing when he when they were in the cage and uh, the the tiger attacks uh, Joe Exotic or was his name Joe Exotic? 
Yeah. And then the lady, and then the lady, his rival says, no, you got to throw sardine oil on them. That'll make the tigers eat them. So I don't, for some reason, don't ask me why. That's what I was thinking of was if you're, if you were throw, if you're throwing just whatever on the meat and throwing it out to all the animals, only some of them may like it. But, you know, she had a very specific thing, sardine oil. So throw sardine oil everywhere and, <laughs> and you'll be fine. So anyway, the point of that was that, um, you know, it's, it's a, it, is a, it is a science. It, is a, it takes, takes work and planning and um, a lot of intention to be effective at marketing. Otherwise, you're wasting a lot of resources. You're wasting money. You're wasting the time of... of um, those that are helping you and, and then also the, eventually the, the users at the end. So yeah. um, I would say that's, that's probably the bottom line is, is whatever the value is of what you're selling, um, getting it to the right people so that they have a chance to enjoy that value. So. Yeah. I love that. Cause I, it, intentional and I, um, which it sounds so cliche. And I think for us small business owners, we're like the why, the why is, what drives everything and in, in decisions and like, you know, everything could be great, but not everything is profitable right now because you need to know what your end goal is and your why of, you know, where you want to be. Um, so how do you, which I know that you're working, you've worked in the corporate world and stuff like that, but um, I know that you have a heart for small businesses and stuff. So how do you, like, if you first sat down with any one of our, our um, listeners or us was like, how do you say, like, find the intentions of what they need and their value? And what does that look like? Um, I would say, as I've sat down with small businesses, I, I, you know, honestly, the one thing that I would caution against is going with, I mean, we all have passions and we want to, sometimes we want to share those passions with everyone else. And we just assume that they're going to like them as well, uh, which is a mistake for a lot of small businesses. Um, you know, the, the reality is, is you have to have something that the market is going to want. And so as I sit down with small business owners, you know, we, I, first I take a look at what they're offering. And then, so for example, if you're, um, if you're in the business of, uh, I don't know, stuffed animals, um, nothing against stuffed animals. I've got a few, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so first you have to ask yourself, okay, who else is selling stuffed animals right now? Is it a big market? Are there a lot of people selling stuffed animals? So that's one of your first things. So is, or do you have a niche or are you part of this greater market? Um, and questions like that are going to direct you to the next step. And so I think really intentionally going through and really knowing what your environment and your landscape is, is so critical. And it's a step that's often missed. And so that's one of the first things that I'd say is, you know, before we look at the value of what you're offering, let's look at the viability of what you're offering mm -hmm. in the market. So that would be my answer to that. Yeah, that's great. Um, Scott, you always talk to me about when we were working in our office together, <laughs> always talking about like building the foundations of everything. And you just touched on a lot of good foundational things, but what are, what are some things that you could let us know um, as small businesses um, in general and how to like get started with figuring out our foundational basis? Like what does that even look like? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think that part of what I just talked about is part of your foundation. Um, 
really figuring out, okay, is this just my passion or is it my passion and is there a place in the market? And if you can answer yes to both of those, then that's a great start. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of the foundation is I always start with business goals. Um, and so once you've, you, once you have a viable business uh, offering, you've, you've realized that or you've done the research to find out, that, okay, there is a market for this, people want this, da, da, da. The next step, I, I would say, is business goals. And so um, whenever I bring this up with people, they think, well, yeah, I want to make a lot of money. That's my business goal. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's that's fine. Um, but what happens when the market crashes or it dips or shifts, you know, and you're no longer making money, then you don't have a goal anymore. So mm -hmm. that can't really be a driving factor um, obviously, you have to be profitable and you have to stay in business, but that should never be your main reason for getting in um, to, to business. Um, so as part of the foundation, there's pretty to me, there's a pretty clear list of things. And I'll give the give you those things right after this commercial. No, <laughs> commercial. Don't you hate when they do that? I know. Oh. Yeah, I, was, I, I turn the channel. I just turn it. I'm like, I'm not going to listen. I'm I know. That's so funny. Um, um, so I would say once you know your business goals and a couple of examples of business goals would be, um, you know, I want to break into this market or into this segment of the market. So if I'm selling stuffed animals, I want to, I want to break into the, um, the giant stuffed animals cause you don't see those anymore, you know, or maybe you do overseas. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, so that's a segment of that market. And so, you know, starting to develop a niche. And um, so once you have your business goals uh, or you want to start, I don't know, you want to start selling to a whole different audience and you want to break into that audience. So that would be another business goal for the year. Once you have your business goals, then you know what you're working towards. And so those of us that are not very good at setting goals, um, you're going to have to get used to doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's just the bottom line. You have to, you have to set goals to work towards. Otherwise you're kind of just floating along. Mm -hmm. um, so once you set your business goals, you have that set. The next step would be developing your marketing strategy. If, if we're talking just about marketing um, and your marketing strategy actually comes from your business plan. So I don't want to skip the business plan, but I, that would be really the next thing, but I'm just going to go right to marketing strategy. Um, and so that's where you would start defining uh, how you're going to get to those goals kind of on a more kind of on a broader level. And your marketing strategy is going to be something that's going to be fairly uh, set in stone. So it's something you're going to follow for a, a couple of years, three or four years. Um, and so that's going to outline a lot of things. Uh, and there's all kinds of articles on the Internet about writing a marketing strategy and whatnot. But I would highly recommend that that get done as part of your foundation and really spend some time in that and dig through it and ask questions and get it just right. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you can start developing a marketing plan, which is your kind of more flexible. It's a little more agile. You can change that as you go. But it's your it's like that's what channels I'm going to use. This is how I'm going to reach the people. This is what I'm going to say um, and that kind of thing. And so those are kind of some of the foundational things that I see a lot of small businesses not do. So, mm -hmm. And what would you say for this um, small business owners that aren't um, working one-on-one -on -one with a marketer, like if they did go through all of that and they have a marketing strategy and they know a little thing, but you know, about like Facebook ads or whatever, 
Um, what would you say for them to like, when do they need to realize something is working and when something isn't working? Cause I know you said like for like, you know, marketing strategy for a couple of years. Cause I know some of the stuff with analytics, you know, needs to mm -hmm. take a little time. You don't run something for like two days and be like, Oh, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so whether it's ads or however, um, what would you t say to small business owners if they're doing that on their own? Um, I would say that part of build, building into your strategy, so not just what you're going to do, but how you're going to measure it. And that's mm -hmm. so, so important because mm -hmm. if we're not measuring, we have no baseline and we have no idea where we started from or how we're doing, right? So we have no frame of reference. So I would say building your um, clear, clear way of measurement uh, into your marketing strategy and then into your marketing plans. And so... You know, for example, um, you decide in your marketing plan that you want to you want to do these campaigns on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and Snapchat. Um, Snapchat's not even a thing anymore, but you know, we'll say TikTok. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh lord, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, I can I can talk all day about social media and the, some of the things that are going on with that. But anyway, um, to answer your question. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of times I've seen a lot of small businesses go straight to the tools and the channels. And like the, the one example I've given over and over again is, you know, as you're driving along and you see a Jiffy Lube and they say, like us on Facebook, you know, why the hell am I going <laughs> to like Jiffy Lube on Facebook? So, so the, so Jiffy Lube needs to understand that, you know, people aren't going to like them on Facebook because we have yeah. zero engagement with them. Mm. There's no emotional attachment. You know, you changed my oil. Thank you. <laughs> be, be gone. <laughs> so, so I, um, I hope this is answering your question. So yeah, uh, it was basically just, you know, don't go straight to the tools just yet because Facebook and Snapchat and or I keep saying Snapchat, YouTube yeah. and all the other social media channels or an email campaign or a print campaign yeah. Any of those things, you don't just start doing them to do them. Um, the, everything must be intentional and there has to be a reason for it. And before you do any of those things, you find out if your audience is even using them. That's mm -hmm. that's the one that kills me every time. It's, you know, oh, we got to get on Facebook. I'm like, well, are your clients on Facebook? Well, not really, but, uh, <laughs> you What know. are you doing? Well, what yeah. would you say for our, our niche of wedding? Because um, obviously it's not all photographers. There's event planners and stuff like that in the wedding field. Because um, I see people now, even some of, you know, photographers that I know on TikTok. And I'm like, I mean, that seems great. But, and it might be, you know, good. But golly, we have so many things we have to do all the time wearing all these different hats. You're just like, I can't be on every single uh, social media, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the wedding industry, what would you say would be great things for them to look into? Um, I would say, you know, before I even gave uh, specific um, ideas of things to do, I would have to, I would, first I would find out what your client, who your clients are and what they're doing. So doing market research is so important. So, I mean, every couple of years, even just go out there and do a survey and talk to them and say, what are you guys using right now to to find services or to do this or do that. And sometimes we can get a pretty good idea um, through popular channels that are out there. But um, I would, you know, Facebook 
let's talk about Facebook real quick because I've got some beef with Facebook. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I'm going to sidetrack this question to you. Sorry. Yes, that is um, so, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Facebook was originally made um, for who? Do you guys know? College, college kids. Yeah, college kids. So it's like friends, <laughs> right? People who know each other. And for some reason, nobody ever said this or uh, this was never um, officially done. But for some reason, somebody thought, you know what? People want to talk to businesses through Facebook. No one said that ever. And that never came out. So for some reason, people just decided everyone's there. So I'm a business. I need to get there. But what they failed to realize is that people aren't on Facebook to talk to businesses. That'd be like jumping on Jiffy Lube's Facebook site and be, what's up, guys? <laughs> How's the oil change going? You know? <laughs> so, um, so I'll give you an example of one way that we solved this at one of my uh, startups that I was at. Um, so basically what the startup was was a... Um, it was a, uh, a farm to consumer company. And so we would work with farmers to cut out the middleman and take um, bulk meats and different things like that for a lot cheaper because people, a lot of people would buy in. And so it'd be like $1.49 for chicken or whatever. This is not an advertisement for them because the business is closed right now. But um, <laughs> so anyway, it was a very unique model because we would take these, these uh, refrigerated trucks into parking lots all around the country and we would drop off the meat. And so it sounds totally shady and it sounds weird to pick up a box of meat in a parking lot. I know, <laughs> trust me, I know. So the CEO tracked me down and he said, we need you to come help us develop our marketing for this company, da da da. Said, um, I don't think so, it sounds weird. Um, <laughs> but but I went to their office and they had, a, they had a lot of capital and they were doing really well. And so they had, 300,000 customers all over the country. So I said, you know what, this, there might be something here. So um, basically what we did was, so in all these little communities around the country, we, people would order their food online weeks in advance and then they would see the date when the truck was gonna be there and they'd all meet there and it was like a big party, um, uh, parking lot party with Eat meat. Party. <laughs> 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 so, um, but what happened is that our it was such a new business model that there was really no standards. There weren't any best practices. So the drivers were kind of these guys that would jump out of their trucks and say, hey, we got your meat, you know, and they were just kind of crazy. And people would show up and they would love it. And they'd start bringing like cookies and plants and different things for the drivers. And so the the point of this is that they, the uh, customers started connecting with these drivers in a really personal way. And so what happened is it, we took Facebook and we said, you know, we need to make Facebook groups for all these communities that we're going to. And so that's what we did. And in each of these groups, we promoted it into those communities. And we said, hey, we're going to have this group, da, da, da. And so you have several hundred people talking in this, this Facebook thread and talking about everything under the sun, not even related to our product. And so you know, they're talking about like how they make a good spice rub and, you know, all these other things. I built a barbecue in my backyard, things like that. And so we developed this relationship with our customers that was really close. And they, and what happened was it, it, uh, it dramatically decreased our customer service um, calls that came in because mm -hmm. the, people were answering their own questions in these groups. 
and they were asking questions and then other people, other customers would answer them and, and whatnot. So that was a really um, kind of an amazing use of Facebook that, that I've seen. Um, and it, it completely increased our, our sales and our customer reach. But um, the, the, I think the most important takeaway from that is that it was a, was used in a very intentional, specific way to make a personal connection with, with the customers. Mm. The end. Awesome. The end. <laughs> so good. I love that story. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> All the meat parties. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like, um, Obviously, like the first step really is, I mean, you gave us so many golden steps. I was just like, oh, I gotta write these down, but I don't have notes. Um, I feel like doing the research is really important and getting those surveys out is really important. Um, otherwise, you can't know if what you're you know, aiming towards is going to even fall anywhere. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like the market research portion and how, like how to even get started or where to even think. Cause as a small business, like you were saying, like you nailed it on the head, like we just kind of were like, Oh, we have this dream. We think everyone wants it. We're going to go do it. And then we're like, why is no one buying our product or why is no one coming to us? Mm -hmm. And it's because we didn't think it through very much. And so um, I think the market research portion um, is something that a lot of people just skip over because we don't think we need it. We think if we just try our hard, hardest and put our heart in it, it'll it'll work out. But that's mm -hmm. not really true. Um, so I think market research is very important. But please tell us how to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, here you go. Um, so, <laughs> no, that's a great question, and I I'm glad you brought that up because market research ha absolutely has to be the most fundamental thing that that needs to be done. And um, I think there's a lot of people that are scared of market research because it sounds very scientific and very analytical. And, and let's face it, most of us aren't like that, you know, on a regular day basis, everyday basis. So um, I would say that uh, doing market research really, I mean, if you boil it down, it's finding out what people think about not only what you're offering, how you're offering it, um, where you're offering it, why, you know, finding out all those questions. And a, a really important piece of this before I get into some specific ways to do it, is uh, that you have to realize who you're asking as well. So if I wanted to start a business and I went and asked my family members, you know, obviously there's some bias there, right? They're like, this is great. Do a stuffed animal company. I love it. You know, so, so keeping, keeping in mind who you're talking to and the best people that you can talk to are the ones who are going to be the most unbiased. So um, I think a lot of us realize, or it's common sense for most people, but we forget that. And so being prepared to have people tell you that your idea sucks um, is a sign of a great business owner, honestly, mm -hmm. because that means you're open to change. So um, going into market research, there's a lot of different ways. There's quantitative, qualitative, I can use all those big words and whatnot, but what it really boils down to is, is talking to people mm -hmm. and finding out and asking the hard questions, not just the ones you wanna know, but the ones you don't wanna know. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's where a lot of businesses fail is that we, our hearts get into it. We're like, oh, I'm so excited. This is my passion. I want it to succeed and da, 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 da. But, but keep in mind that it can still succeed. You just may have to take a different route there. You know, you may have to make a few changes um, because when it comes down to it, um, you guys know the old 
those markets that they had back in the old days, like in the, I don't know, the 1500s. You remember those? <laughs> yeah, I remember those. <laughs> so, yeah, totally there. <laughs> so, so they, they'd have these markets, they were open air markets, and people would come and sell their wares. And um, Alice probably doesn't know. You guys don't know that term. You're too young. But anyway. Um, <laughs> farmers. So and they, now we're, it's super hip now to be farmer's markets. <laughs> your farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. So you went, so basically you, the people would come there and let's say you wanted to come to the market and sell um, purple squash, which are, were kind of unusual, but you thought, yeah, I think people will like these because I love them. I think they're beautiful, you know, whatever. <laughs> so you just, you just show up at the market. Now, this is an analogy for marketing and our markets today. So as, you, as you're going down to the market and you have your purple squash and you're fully thinking everyone's going to buy these and you set up your shop and, and people just continue to walk past and they just look and they frown or whatever and they just keep going and no one's buying and you're thinking, why is nobody buying my purple squash? So um, ideally what you would have wanted to do was to talk to the other uh, market owners and to the people go down there, you know, a week in advance and talk to people and say, you know, what do you think of purple squash? You know, da, da, da. And that would be your market research. And if, you know, and then what you do is you set, you have, um, you have some metrics that you want to kind of live by in your market research and what's acceptable to you. You know, usually for me, it's a 60% somewhere around there. If 60% are, um, uh, would buy like they would buy it today then that's a pretty good sign or they can use it today. So that's just mine from my, my experience and whatnot. But once you got that market research and that data, you would find out um, what kind of people were they younger people that were in the, more interested in your purple squash? Were they the older people, you know, what were they going to use it for? Um, you know, all these different questions, what they thought about it, which is psychographics. That's a another total nerdy term in marketing, <laughs> but uh finding out how people feel and what they think about, it, what they really think about it. Um, and so that would be kind of, it's kind of an analogy for the marketing. I totally forgot the question. I just keep rambling. No, Sorry. No, what, was the so what was your question? <laughs> the question was, I can't tell that, but your purple squash is killing me right now. <laughs> um, the question was pretty much like, how, how, what is market research and how do we do it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So you got this purple squash. <laughs> no, no, I, okay, so let's talk about how to do market research. Okay, so mm -hmm. there are different ways. You can either go about it yourself, uh, which is totally fine. I've done that myself. Um, if you're if you're low on time and if you're really in a rush to market, then you can hire a company to do it and it's going to cost you thousands of dollars. And so be prepared for that. But there are different types of market research. And one of the first questions I guess you should ask yourself is, what do I want to know? You know, what do I need to know to be successful? And so mm -hmm. um, so, you know, for example, um, if you already know basically the age group and if you basically know the demographic of your your audience and those kind of things then that's great then you can move into more um in-depth questions to get into the psychographics and really what people are thinking so um but there's a whole science behind taking giving surveys and and doing research so um one of the easiest ways you can do right now is to just do a survey on facebook um, you can do Survey Monkey and just send that out to everybody that you know and have them. I did one with Alice actually. Um, uh, 
I did one for uh, Ollie, the company that I'm starting, and she she was nice enough to help me. I said, I want to talk to business owners and small business owners and find out really what their challenges are and what they're, you know, so I was doing market research mm -hmm. on small business owners. So it was, it's a kind of a different slant, but mm -hmm. um, so to answer the, to get more specific about this question and answer it, actually answer it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think there are a lot of agencies out there and what they'll do is they'll say, okay, what do you want to find out? And, um, and you, so they'll help you formulate the questions just right so that you're asking the right questions. And that's a whole science as well. So it, I would recommend if you don't quite know what you're doing, if you don't really put a lot of time into the questions you're asking, you're, you're not going to get very effective responses. So, you know, asking, um, do you like purple squash? You know, you're going to get a yes or no answer, obviously. Mm -hmm. So how about what do you think about purple squash or how do you feel about it? Um, which would be weird to ask that, but um, <laughs> so, but you, you can see how you're getting a depth of answer that mm -hmm. is going to give you such a rich um, foundation of knowledge about your, your customers. And so when you start to formulate your, your offering, you can start twist or not twisting it, but um, uh, what's the word? Just basically adjusting to what they need. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so you're still offering what you want to do and what your, your passion is, but you're also making it more appealing to your audiences because you know that now. So, um, so yeah, so ask questions, do surveys, um, hire an agency to do a, um, it, I would recommend if you've never done res market research, start with like a basic demographic, um, you know, do they use your service, your type of services? That's another thing is you don't say your, you know, would you buy our, our wedding dresses yeah. or our whatever? You just say, how do you feel about those things? And then you get a more mm -hmm. unbiased answer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so spending a lot of time in developing what you want to know as a business owner is, is probably the best way to go. I hope that answers the question. There's so many things you can do in market yeah. research, but just know that you can do it and it's, you can totally get help and it's, you'd be super happy you did. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I love the, uh, um, I think my purple squash is amazing because I love to watch uh, shark tank and there's those people that come in and you just, you just see it oh. and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're, they're like, stop talking about it. Nobody's going to buy that. <laughs> they're like, this yeah, is so, so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's purple squash. I, I love it. <laughs> you know, and I would watch that show. I would recommend watching that show and being more on the shark side instead of the small business owner side, because you're going to see exactly what they're saying um, and why they say yes to certain things, which is really, it's a, it's really telling when it comes to um, the product offering. So yeah. anyway, mm -hmm. I love great. that. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great place to just end this podcast so that we can have people wanting to come back for the second one where we'll dive in more into, <laughs> after this, after this <laughs> message, <laughs> um, because you have so much depth of, you know, each thing that you talk about, this is a lot, you know, to dive into that we can definitely have more sessions with, but, um, I know that people are curious right now they are they have a taste of what they know they need to do but they don't really know how to do it so i think going into more practical steps for each business is going to be um, really helpful so we'll get into that really soon so you guys stay tuned 
Thank you, friend, for listening to today's podcast. We are really serious about connecting, supporting, and growing together. So go over to Instagram and follow us at The Heart of Weddings or email us at theheartofweddings at gmail.com. You can tell us about a topic that you want to hear about, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, we would love to hear from you. And we are so honored to be able to cheer each other on. Until next time.